0: Hey, uh, good morning. How's everybody? You guys good? That's a woo. I got a woo. That's great. Hey, I got to remind myself of this. I want to remind you of this too. I mean, we we meet together in this beautiful space, right? Like it's it's, it's gorgeous and it's such a blessing to be able to be here. And this is not a theater today, all right? This is not a performance, this is not a show, this is a church and what that means is that we're a community together, okay? Like we're a community together and, and you don't just get to come and watch people do stuff for you. The invitation is for you to, to invest and step in and to be a part of this community together. You are a part of this community just by the fact that you're here. Okay, and, and so I just want to continually remind us that that's what this is um, about. We're about one thing, and that's helping helping uh, one another find and follow Jesus. We believe He's here in this room right now. We believe that He is present and wants to speak to me and you. And so my prayer for myself every Sunday morning is: Gerald, uh, or is God? Would you let Gerald get out of the way? Would you let me get out of the way? And would you speak? Would you work and move in this place? I'm so excited to see those pictures, just because it's community, you know, it's connection, and it's it's about serving one another. It's about learning more about our community and serving together. And uh, I couldn't be more thrilled about this place. And I couldn't be more thrilled that you're here together. Uh, we're, we're finishing this series today called um, The Big Guy Upstairs. And uh, I'll tell you why we call it that in just a minute. But we talk about beginnings and endings a lot in life. Like like we'll say, I read this book and the beginning is really good. Or you got to get, you know, the ending is amazing. Or, uh, or this movie, you know, that I saw, like I'm a big Marvel movie fan. And uh, you know, like the, the the Infinity War, great ending to that movie. Uh, Endgame actually has a great beginning to that movie, and we can talk about that. If you if you go to like Carewinds or a theme park or music park or a lot of Disney people in here, I realize where my Disney people are. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you you. You're very proud uh, about that. But uh, we'll talk about the rides and like, oh my gosh, the beginning was amazing in the middle. And then the ending, I mean, it, it started out, you went straight up and then the ending, you had this loop at the end. And the reason I'm saying that is because today's word that we have for God, today's name for God is about beginnings and endings. And I'm gonna tell you about that today. We're calling this series, The Big Guy Upstairs. And it's, and it's really because of this, we want you to know God. Like, like, I wanna know God better. And the greatest thing in life is to know him better. Uh, You don't want to be the guy or the girl who calls him just the big guy upstairs all right? Like, like if you call God the big guy upstairs, my uh, assumption is that you might not know God as well as you think you do. <laughs> like he's just the big guy upstairs or the big cheese or whatever it is that you call him. There are um, 995 names in the Bible or phrases in the Bible that depict God, that, that, that are, that call God God in different ways. And uh, so what a cool study that would be if you want to crack open your Bible and look for the names of God. We're just talking about three. Like, like uh, we've just talked about three in this series. The first week in this series we said that God's name and this is so amazing to me that his name is friend of sinners one of his names is friend of sinners friend of sinners that's such a comfort to me because I'm a sinner all right I don't know about you but I am and I need that I need to know that he's my friend what an amazing gift Uh, last week we said God is Abba father he's Abba father that that means this personal relationship Abba is like the word dad And so he's like this this intimate connection with us. He wants to be our Abba Father. And today I wanna go ahead in a minute and give you the name that we're gonna talk about of God today because it's so important to your life. It's so important to my life. And if you can adopt this name into your life, if you can adopt this name of God, I believe it will change your your life. Today's name is actually from the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is from is, is the last book in the, the Bible, and there's a lot of mystery around the book of Revelation, but there doesn't, there doesn't have to be. Um, it, it, the apostle John wrote this book later in his life. He was exiled on this island, and he wrote to these seven Churches. And these churches were under persecution. They were struggling. And he wrote words of encouragement to them. He wrote words of challenge to them in their persecution. Now, these books are full, as you might know, of of visions and symbolism. They're full of dreams and uh and and they're full of Jesus coming and speaking directly to John. And John just kind of writes it down. And they're they're full of some, some wild stuff the book of Revelation. And there are three places in particular I wanna point you to that call out this name of God. And this name of God is so uh, incredible, I just want us to, to, to wrestle with it a little bit and think about it a little bit together today. And the, the first place in the book of Revelation that this name pops up is, is really at the very beginning he's sending a greeting to these seven churches that he's writing to, and he says it like, like this. It's, this is verse four through eight in chapter one. He says, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever, amen. And and so he's getting to the name here. He, He goes on, he says, look, He's coming with the clouds. Like he's coming back. And every eye will see him and even those who pierce him and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be, amen. And then he says this. Jesus begins to speak to and through John. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I'm the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God. Okay, so so then... In Revelation chapter 21, like toward the end of this book, Jesus speaks again to John and this is what it says. It says, uh, he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. And and, and then the third place in the book of Revelation, very, very end of of the story, the very end of the book, and really the very end of the Bible, it's like Jesus says, I want one last word. And And it says this, look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In each of those places, Each of those places you might have seen. Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. What that means is the beginning and the end. I'm like the A to Z. That's the Greek alphabet. Alpha was the first letter. Omega was the last letter. It's like A to Z for us. I am the first and the the last. Jewish rabbis, they would use the term Alpha and Omega to describe the whole of anything. Like, like, Like the whole thing, the whole book. The whole movie, the Alpha and the Omega. Like the whole enchilada, the whole thing, the Alpha and the Omega. They would use those words to describe the the entirety of anything. But but referencing yourself as the Alpha and the Omega was saying, I'm the one true God. I'm the one true God. God. I'm eternal. I've existed forever. I've been at the beginning of all things. I've been in the middle of all things. I'm going to be at the end of all things. Things. I've existed forever. I was at the beginning when the universe began. And, and, and so um, John, in, in, when he wrote his gospel, at the very beginning of his gospel, he says this about Jesus. He says, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In other words, he was there at the beginning. This guy who came here for three years, didn't have a home, uh, walked around, wandered around, healed people, um, taught us, died and then rose again. He was actually God himself there at the beginning. Through him, all things were made. All things were made. So he was standing watch. He was causing creation to happen. That's just kind of mind-blowing, right? That that's Jesus. But, But Peter comes from the other side. He says not only was well, he at the beginning? Peter, when, when Peter writes his letter, he's saying, hey, guess what? Jesus is coming back. He's gonna be, like be at the end of, of creation. He actually starts the beginning of the end of creation. In fact, Peter says it like this, and it's some ominous words. He says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. That's the day of the Lord that will come. And so there's this thing that, that, that we all live under that he doesn't, and it's called time. Uh, like we all live under time, don't we? I mean, time is, is moving and, and your time is now, but our time is gonna end at some point. His time never ends. He doesn't really live under time as we think about time. And it, and it sounds, it sounds kind of cool, it sounds kind of out there, right? But I, I think about that and maybe you're asking the question, well, okay, that's awesome, Gerald. What does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with, with me today? I wanna to go back through those three places where we see it, and I wanna talk about that for, for just a few minutes. Um, in, the, in that first place where I pointed you to in chapter one, he's, again, he's, this is the end of his address to the seven churches. And, and so he says it again, he says it like, he says, I'm the Alpha, Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come the almighty now these churches i told you were being persecuted so it's like what comfort does that bring them in that moment what comfort is that to these churches these churches are experiencing pain They're experiencing um, all kinds of insults. They were receiving uh, physical injury and threats from all over. They were outcasts because they decided to follow Jesus. They were outcasts in their community and some of them were even dying because of their faith. And so why would Jesus say, I'm the Alpha and the Omega to them in this moment? It's because for people that are hurting, Knowing that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, would change everything about their current circumstance. Knowing that he's the Alpha and the Omega, to know that God was before the pain and in the middle of the pain, and he's gonna be there after that pain, was everything. He was in the middle of a storm for them and if you're going through a storm right now, if you're going through something difficult, which you either have or you are or you will, right? Like you're gonna go through hard things. You may be in a season where it's, it's just, you know, you're know you in the middle and then smooth sailing, but, but perhaps not. Maybe you're going through something really hard. And if you're going through difficult things, knowing that God was there at the beginning and he's right there in the middle and he's gonna be there after it's over, is incredible. To know. It's in fact life changing to know that because if you're tempted, I think Jesus is saying, hey, if you're tempted to like let go, if you're just holding on, if the storm is, is, is coming and there's rain and there's, there's wind and there's lightning and tornadoes, we had tornadoes this week. Anybody in a tornado this week? I mean, a little bit, sort of. You can say you were. Um, if life is like that for you now, you know, and you're like holding on with a tight grip, but that grip feels like it's loosening and loosening and loosening. You know that Jesus is coming along, he's saying, just hold on, just hold on. The the storms won't last, but God will. Will you say that with me together this morning? We're gonna participate, all right? Will you say that with me this morning? Ready, one, two, three. The storms won't last, but God will. Just one more time, a little louder, please. The storms won't last, but God will. The storms won't last, but God will. He's the Alpha and the Omega. What else do these passages say to us? The, the, the second one I read to you is from Revelation 21. It's where he says, as he said to me, It's done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. God being the Alpha of Alpha and Omega is about satisfying the thirsty that in Jesus the thirsty have finally found full satisfaction. We're, we're born thirsty, aren't we? Like as, as, as babies, we're, babies are born th- thirsty with this, with this physical thirst. But do you know that you're also born spiritually thirsty? It's, it's, it's actually why you're here, okay? I think you know it intuitively at least, it's why you're here today, because you were born spiritually thirsty. We know intuitively that in and of ourselves we lack something. We lack something significant. Uh, Blaise Pascal, who was a mathematician, also a philosopher, he said it like this. He said, we each have a hole in us. It's, called, it's a God-shaped hole. And we try to fill it with other things. We try to fill it with relationships. We try to fill it with uh, popularity. We try to fill it with money. We try to fill it with success and all kinds of things. But it will only be filled by God. There's a God-shaped hole that exists in each one of us. You were born with it. I was born with it. The only satisfaction that we'll, we will find is in him alone to fill this God-shaped hole because it's shaped like God. Everything else doesn't satisfy. And so Jesus is saying, there's a stream, like I'm the stream that won't run dry. I'm the infinite source of fulfillment. And when you have spiritual thirst, what happens is that you start to feel unsatisfied about life and disillusioned with relationships and you might be climbing this ladder of, of success and maybe you got to the, even to the top of it. But somewhere along the way, you've discovered, I might actually be climbing the wrong ladder. I might actually be on the wrong ladder because I'm getting here, I'm having this success, and it is so empty to me. He's the only one who can satisfy what you have, and he is the answer to your thirst. Jesus is the stream that will never run dry. He's the stream that will never run dry. And you gotta ask yourself if I'm, if I'm feeling like my faith is wandering, if I'm feeling like I'm just straying here, uh Are you trying to put something else inside of you other than him? Like, Are you trying to find that satisfaction in other things other than him? Now it's it's amazing to do other things with the satisfaction knowing that I have a relationship with him and so that brings meaning and purpose to everything else going on in my life. It brings meaning to those relationships. He brings meaning to uh, that, that pursuit of success. He brings meaning to the resources that I have, the money that I have. He brings meaning to all those things. But if I'm trying to see those things as the thing that's gonna satisfy my thirst, it will not happen. And the sooner we can discover that, the better. And then the third place is this. He says, look, uh, this is the last part of Revelation. Look, I'm coming soon, he says, my reward's with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And here he connects the Alpha and the Omega with judgment. He connects it with judgment, and and that's not entirely negative. For for those who have trusted Christ, he says, there's reward. There's reward. For those who haven't, there's judgment. And and how is that judgment? Like, like, like how is he the judge? And why is that, uh, Alpha and Omega, like, why does that mean that he can be a judge? It's that he's the only fitting judge. Because he's been there, and he's done that. He's the only one who can judge rightly. He sees through eternity. He was there. He is there, and he will be there. And so he's a comfort to those who have trusted in his righteousness. But if you refuse to drink from that fountain, if you refuse to drink from that stream, the natural outcome is thirst. And the natural outcome is unnecessary suffering. He's a fitting judge because he has seen it all from beginning to end. He's a fitting judge because he's seen it all from beginning to the end. So what do, what, what do we do with this? Like, what do you, what do you do with this today? W- one thing is just to know something. It's just to to know something today. And I'm going to say it like this: like you need a savior who doesn't need you. You need a savior who doesn't need you. That doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't love you. He loves you infinitely. But he doesn't need you to survive. He doesn't need you for him to have life. You're not creating him. He's created you. He's the eternal source of life for you, not not yourself. You're not the one who gave you life. And because of that, because he doesn't need you, he's always able to satisfy you and me. You need a savior. I need a savior who doesn't need me. And that's who he is. Objectively, that is who he is is. The second thing for you to know, and maybe latch on to today, maybe this is what you you need to hear today. He can be your anchor in the storm. He can be your anchor in the storm. He he was who he was before the storm happened in your life. And he is who he is in the middle of the storm in your life. And he's going to be there and be who he is after it's over because there will come a day when it's over. And no matter how shaky and unstable and stirred up your life is on the outside where it's chaos reigning or no matter how shaky and unstable and stirred up your life is on the inside where it feels like you don't know what's going on and you have no hope. You always have an anchor. You always have an anchor in that Storm, you can trust, you can trust that all bad things are temporary. You can trust that all bad things are, are, are temporary. There's a, a pastor and an author named Tim Keller who recently died, is a very influential guy. He, he said this, he said it like this. He said, um, everything sad is going to come untrue, and it will somehow be greater for having once been broken and lost. Can we just soak that in for a minute? Everything's sad. And by the way, if you're a, a, a Lord of the Rings nerd like I am, he's kind of quoting Gandalf here, okay? The wizard. <laughs> Which is written by a Christian guy, so all right. We can talk about that later. Everything sad is going to come untrue. It is. And it will somehow actually be greater for having once been broken, for having once been broken and broken. Lost. Everything sad is coming untrue. Man, we need that. And it's because he's the alpha and the omega. It's because he's the beginning and the end. And there will be a day where there's no more tears and no more bloodshed and no more cancer and no more divorce, and no more abuse, and no more racism, and no more husbands leaving, no more suicide, no more depression, no more disease, because not only is Jesus the beginning, he is the end. He is the first and the last. And he's gonna be there, go ahead, that's for him. He will be there. As all evil fades away, he will preside over that day. No wonder at the end of the book of Revelation, the end of the whole thing, John looks around this world and you know what he says? He says, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And that's what we say today as believers. If you're a follower of Jesus, we never assume that everybody is in this room. We want you to be because we think it's the best way to live life. But we're so glad that you're here exploring, right? But we wanna say it as a church, come Lord Jesus, come. And until you do, until you do, we're gonna pursue your mission together in this world. We're gonna be your community and your light in this world that's dark, that needs you. But we know that we can trust that all bad things, all evil is temporary. And, um, And we say with John, come Lord Jesus, come. In the book of Hebrews, it calls Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. That he's the author and finisher of our faith. That he begins it and he carries it on to completion. And what that means is this that he's the totality and the sum and the substance of the scriptures, both the law and the gospel. That he not only came to usher in the kingdom, he is the kingdom. And if you wanna know the kingdom of God, you need to know Jesus himself. Our greatest satisfaction can be found in him. He's the beginning of the gospel of grace, not works. He's found in the first verse of Genesis and the last verse of Revelation because he's first and last, he is salvation. In every sense of that word, carried through from the beginning to the end. And God's way, way more. And and, then just the distant big guy upstairs, he's way more. He's friend of sinners. And that is good news because I am the chief one. He's friend of sinners. He declares, even though he created everything, he's, he's so unbelievable and mysterious. He is Abba Father, the one who wants to sit close to you and hold you tightly like a father, like a dad. He wants that kind of personal, intimate, caring, and compassionate relationship with you. And he pursues those of us who were lost. He pursues us, all of us have been lost. He pursues you like the one sheep leaving the 99, pursuing the one as that good, good shepherd. And he doesn't stop until we rest in his arms. And until he puts a robe on your back and a ring on your finger and calls you his child. And yes, he is the alpha and he is the omega. He's the beginning and the end. And that means in your life, in my life, in in our lives as we know him, like his presence is guaranteed. His presence is guaranteed. I'm gonna pray for us this morning. Um, I'm gonna pray for me, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm just gonna pray for us in our community that, that we can know the truth that, that he is the Alpha and the Omega, that, that like, uh, I, I need to know this truth, that I need a savior who, who doesn't need me. I, I need to know this truth, that, that, that he can be the anchor in the storm of my life. And if you're going through storms right now, he can be and wants to be that anchor for you. And there will come a day where that storm will end. And also this, I just want to pray this, that that you can trust, even if you're in the middle of it, even if it doesn't feel that way, that you can trust that all bad things are coming to an end. All bad things are coming to an end. And that he sees you in the middle of it. He sees you, he's right there with you, he's beside you. Offering his presence to you. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.